human male never seems to progress past adolescence. To the Batmobile. Googly, googly. Let's go. Danger. Let's go. I need a horse. Did Bigfoot take her? You wouldn't like me when I'm wrong, wrong, wrong here. Yeah. I can fly. The heel. The hero. Hello, darling. Welcome to the comic trope. We're in a small room, or are we in a planet, in a gladiator ring, fighting to the death? In this corner, the overall winner of at least five or six matches in all black except for pink stripes is Encyclopedia Black, hailing from planet Earth. And the challenger, who's never been on the podcast before, wearing a giant red cloud emblem known as Ginger Storm, is John Weatherly. Who will win in this battle to the death? No, we're definitely in the small room. Hey guys, welcome to the Comic Trope. Again, this is a podcast about comics and the culture that surrounds it. Today, I have... Encyclopedia Black with me, and a brand new person to the podcast, Mr. John Weatherly, a.k.a. the Red Cloud, Ginger Cloud. I don't know what I was doing. Special guest. Special know. guest. How you guys doing today? All right. I have to imagine with the name Ginger Cloud, you, you smell quite delightful. Yeah, I've, I'm very, I can cleanse your palate very easily. <laughs> After any spicy meal, yeah. you're always settling people's stomachs. What are we going to talk about today, guys? Bunch of crap. Yeah. No. <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, it's going to be uh, another one of our uh, informative episodes, talking about the news of late. Yeah, we got a lot of news to talk about. Definitely and, a comic. Yeah, definitely a comic or two that will be spoken about. And also, uh, John and I have both finished Legion, so we're going to talk about that without spoiling it too bad, or maybe we'll just no, spoil we're it. We're probably just going to spoil we're it. We're just going to spoil yeah. every single bit of information. We probably should have a disclaimer. Here's a disclaimer. Don't <laughs> listen to us when we talk about <laughs> Legion. It was a great show, and I'm happy to talk to someone about it. We'll also talk a little bit about Iron Fist, which John has watched the whole thing. Scalia, you're like two or three in? Yeah. And I have not watched one lick about it. So I'm hoping that you can actually, John, you could tell me all about it so that I don't actually have to watch it. Yeah, I can, I can do that. I need all the information so that I can watch Defenders in August, but I don't think I have enough TV time. I got a kid on the way, and there's some other good TV that I need to be watching instead of Iron Fist, I think. Like, like what? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure there's some better <laughs> stuff than Iron Fist. I want to, um, what was that show I made you watch one episode of? I oh, still haven't finished uh, it. Uh, Outcast? Outcast. That was a good first episode, and yeah. I did not watch anything else. Okay. So I kind of want to do that. Oh, and also, isn't, um, I want to talk about it, but, uh, Neil Gaiman's. Oh, American Gods. Yeah, American Gods. Yeah. That looks really good. I watched a trailer to that. We should talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, before we go on a little bit further, John, what kind of nerd are you? What kind of nerdy stuff are you into? Um, all the, uh, play video games a lot. Okay. Uh, video game culture, anything, comics. Uh, I'd say I'm a closet nerd. Closet maybe? nerd? People yeah. People don't know. Well, I, it's not like I'm, when people come over to my house, I'm like, do you guys want to sit down and watch me play this video game? <laughs> <laughs> Which happens if I go over to other people's houses. They're like, hey, I'm just playing this video game. They won't turn it off when I come over. So the way uh, John and I met is that we work together. And we work in an environment that isn't very um, pro-nerd. It's not the kind of... You know, we're in sales, first of all. Right. And uh, 
it's not like it's very stereotypical sales floor. Do you play golf? Do you like polo? Which I do, by the way. Oh, I don't. I don't play golf. Um, but do you like the basketball? Like that kind of stuff. <laughs> but but I feel like you know with the changing work culture. I mean, eventually, you know, do you play golf is going to be like is going to turn into what system do you have? That. That's probably yeah, slowly yes. happening. I also don't play video games though, so maybe I should either play golf or video games. That should probably happen, right? Yeah. But anyway, so John, um, they reorganized like where our cubicles sat. God, just talking about work makes me depressed. And then, uh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm reading comic books at work. I'm thinking about emails I have to respond to. That's- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, re- I'm reading comic books at work, kind of trying to hide it, not really. And then um, John behind me was like, hey, you reading a comic book? And I kind of turned around like, yeah, I'm reading that. And he was like, no, I read comic books too. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> not hiding it very well, by the way. He's got a giant Apple monitor, so it's not really like he's I like – got like these dual screens. <laughs> not hunching over a cell phone or anything. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> not at all. By hiding it, I mean hoping that no one important sees me do it. But I got bad eyesight, man. Mm. You know? So anyways, that's that's how we met, and uh, we've nerded out since, and now you're here. We kind of gave each other the high sign, like, I I, I recognize, I, yes, I know that, but you didn't have to, like, name drop, because if you expect somebody who says, oh, I read comics, too, it's like, oh, what do you read? And it's like, oh, I read, like, Batman. <laughs> like, okay, can you, what, what, what Batmans what, do you what, read? Right, what, what Batman? <laughs> what Batman do you read? I feel like there's nothing more impress- depressing than, you know, opening up to someone that you read comics, and they're like... Oh, what are you reading? You're like, oh, I read a lot of Peter Baggy and, you know, um, <laughs> Dan Klaus and, uh, you know, Art Spiegelman's. Oh, you're one of those people. Not the not indie comics, but still. It, <laughs> like, you can't uh, talk about fun stuff. No, I'm, yeah, I only read bad, fun stuff. Yeah. Right now. When I'm like in a mood where I want to get deep, then I'll read my indie comics. But when I need like my garbage TV style comics, like that's what I'm in right now. So I got to get another kid on the way. I need to know what Spider-Man's up to. Like that's how I am. (laughs) Like what's Jessica Jones doing? That's what I need to know. Well, see, when I was a little kid, you know, my mom used to give me grief about reading comics. And I was like, hey, hey, you watch soap operas, okay? Exactly. Someone's always getting killed and coming Mm -hmm. back from the dead. It is no different. Than the crap I read. These are my stories. All right, I'm mm-hmm. embroiled in this drama. The, the, I think the thing that got me into it is my. I'm the youngest of uh, my family, and my oldest sister had a boyfriend who had this like Arkham Asylum. I oh, can't remember Dave McKean, Grant Morrison. The, I don't know, but the I forget. I have to look this up. But the the cover of the actual graphic novel was Batman in a straitjacket. It's where he's sent to Arkham. Okay. And he, because he's like, put, he, he, basically, I think, um, uh, Zaz frames him or something like that because he's going around killing a lot, a lot of people and he frames Batman for it. Batman's put into Arkham. Um, and basically they say he's mad. He's put in a straitjacket and then he has to fight his way out and he fights every, like the entire, his, all the villains make an appearance in this graphic novel and, I think I was hooked after that. That, that sounds like a yeah. video game I need to play. I vaguely recall. <clears throat> where you just story. fight every bad guy on the way out of a prison? How come that isn't a thing? You mean it isn't? It, it, it is, is a thing. Yeah. yeah. You ever played Arkham Asylum? Oh, is that I, what that's about? That is, yeah. That's it's, exactly what that's about? very similar to that, yeah. Is that really what that video game is about? I played More the one. More or less. I mean, you're, you're not, you haven't been committed as Batman, but you're there to investigate. Oh. And you get 
trapped, you know, because uh, the Joker breaks out and yep. all the inmates get out and you have to fight your way. I've only played all the mobile them. versions of that game, which were whatever. It's a fun game. I'm going to find yeah. a gateway game for you. Kind of like. It's not that I don't like video games, John. It's that I have to pick my hobbies. And this podcast is one, yeah, and reading true. comics is another, okay. and having children is the rest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> having children uh, is a hobby uh, for you? <laughs> raising children is so relaxing. Well, let me tell you that it starts off as a hobby. It most definitely starts off as a hobby, and then it's a commitment. <laughs> That's what happens, y'all. Does your wife know that? Does Shh. Does she view that the same way? She might. She know. probably views it as a profession. Not She's, yeah, exactly. She's about eight months pregnant, so maybe. Hey, let's do an icebreaker. I got that low voice from having a yeah. cough. I got yeah. that low low where I could be like, uh, you know what I should have done the intro as is, are we in a small room or are we in a famous 90s music video? Once there was this girl who <laughs> spots all over her body. She couldn't quite explain it. They've always just been there. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. Um, Thor Ragnarok, the trailer came out. It looks really good. I yes, think and we'll get into the trailer a little bit more, but in the um in the spirits and the holiday spirits of the trailer, I want to pit a few comic book characters against each other. Now this is going to be like it was what is the planet called again? Uh from Planet Hulk, do you remember? Was it Sakar? Sakar. Sakar. Yeah. Something like that. But anyways, it's just sure. like that. It's a gladiator fight, one versus one, and uh who would win? So my first who would win? Silver Surfer versus the Hulk. Now this this happened in Planet Hulk, yes. and the winner was kind of Hulk, I guess. I mean, the thing is that Hulk like freed the Silver Surfer, and the fight ended. Right. Well, well the the Silver Surfer had that that thing on him yeah. that was I don't know, like some kind of power inhibitor or something like that. So he wasn't really at that's full true. Strength. I mean, there were power inhibitors on everyone to kind of make it more skill versus power. Right. But we're not doing that. We're just going power and skill Hulk versus a silver surfer. What do you think? So, but if I'm understanding both characters correctly, they both have virtually limitless powers. The silver surfer being a cosmic being and then Hulk as angrier as he gets, the stronger he gets. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're some of the two most powerful and I think the only way to depower the Silver Surfer is to separate him from his surfboard. Mm-hmm. What if Hulk just broke that shit in half? I think the Hulk I think could, he could. I think the Hulk could grab it and hit him with it. I just do. True. <laughs> By God, it's a silver chair. He got the, he got the chair. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, I want to give it to Hulk just because in terms of you know gladiatorial combat i think the hulk has got his game down silver surfer i mean he just he's not a fist fighter he's all about shooting those cosmic blasts i go hulk so, with this one i'm going well. hulk yeah yeah I was, that's what i was going to say all right here's another <laughs> super difficult one all right superman versus the dark phoenix uh Okay, let's get this straight. <laughs> so, well, I guess we have to say which Superman, right? Because Superman, 
in the Bronze Age could just like figure, just do whatever he wants. Yeah, it's Superman, right? Yeah, he can move a planet. He can, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, do all sorts of crap. <laughs> I'm going with like today. Well, you know, like modern post crisis, New Fifty Two. Yeah, Superman. Oh, then Dark Phoenix. Dude, do, do, does DC categorize their mutants the same way? Marvel does where like there's Omega mutants and Dark Phoenix is an Omega, basically a god essentially. Well, DC's they're they're powered beings. They're all just following the category of being like metahumans. But I don't know of them having like you know different tiers, okay, and such like that. Didn't they just start doing the tiers for Marvel to sell those cards in the nineties? Oh, I, I want to say they came from the whole. Wasn't that from like Who's Who or no, not Who's Who? That was DC's thing, but the. uh uh, official handbook of the Marvel Universe, where you know they were cataloging everybody and okay. such. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dark Phoenix on this one. Yeah, yeah. look, I don't care what Superman you put there. Dark Phoenix is by definition just the most powerful thing ever, He's, right? I mean, I mean, Superman's got a brain like everybody else, so Dark Phoenix can probably just yeah. Well, well I, I mean, mean, Superman's supposed to be like you know super intelligent, but I mean. Dark Phoenix can turn into a supernova. I mean, she yeah. she destroyed a planet, mm-hmm. Ooh. you know, with with her abilities. So. Supernova would that? Does it have to be a sun that empowers Superman? Or could, could I don't know. Well, I mean, he does get it from solar radiation. Yeah, so yellow maybe, radiation. Maybe that's what happens. Dark yeah. Phoenix creates like a a solar blast that just powers up Superman, and he explodes and kills both of them in the. <laughs> now, say if it was Superman one million. That version of Superman, I think he could go to toe to toe with uh, Dark Phoenix. I think he, he'd uh, he'd give it to her. Did did y'all have? Did you guys happen to see the uh, recently where somebody quantified what Superman can lift? No, I haven't seen that. Uh, there on Reddit, there is a uh, Who Would Win subreddit, basically pitting essentially what we're talking about right now, and somebody pitted uh, pitted Goku. Against Superman mm. and people, of course, like broke this down and, 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 and based, they based it on, uh, the power level within the Dragon Ball universe. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Dragon Balls at all? Like, I have, I'm not a Dragon Ball guy. I am okay. very aware of okay. the Gokus and whatnot. <laughs> the, the Gokus <laughs> and going Super Saiyan. Like, I, you know, that's about as far as I go. <laughs> well, if I, I don't, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly or not, but, so, but in one of the episodes, they scanned a regular human being and he had a power level of five. And then, uh, they scanned, they later scanned, uh, Goku at his most powerful and he had like a power level of like, I don't know, nine, let's say over 9,000. Yeah. Um, and so they basically multiplied that by how much he can lift versus what's, uh, uh, how, how much Superman can lift versus a, like an ordinary man. And then they multiplied that because th- there's even one comic where he's bit, essentially bench pressing the world. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Superman won because the, the I think there was like 18 zeros or something like that for how much <laughs> he can bench press versus what like somebody from like Goku could bench press. It was pretty insane, actually. So, so Goku sucks is what you're getting at. Essentially, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. But see, Superman doesn't have the martial arts skills that Goku has. But he could just, uh, we're getting way, because uh, this is not Goku versus Superman, but he could just saw him in half with laser vision. Yeah. Yeah, he could. And that would be the end of the fight. But see, that's the thing. Superman doesn't kill. Superman would be holding back. Okay. Now, okay. All right. Yep. That's true. All right, guys. Ant-Man versus Adam-Man. 
Oh, you mean the Adam? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Adam guy. Now, see, that's an even fight because here's the thing. If I'm not mistaken, Ant-Man, when he's, you know, shrunk down, he just has the, if I'm not mistaken, he's just as strong as a regular human being. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's no stronger. Be the most boring fight ever. But the Adam, I don't think he's not, he's not even particularly strong. Because of like his powers are more molecular based than say, I mean you know, Ant Man's powers are like you know his pin particles or whatever that makes him shrink down. But the the uh, the atom, I mean, you get into some really weird quantum physics type stuff. Like, can't he condense his atoms and like make himself like super dense? Yeah. So even though like, or he can like walk through walls. Yeah. 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 So I'd get to the atom. I think so too. Otherwise, I think it'd just be a really Really sad bitch fight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot about Adam, but I figured it would be just be a contest who can get smaller. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna say no contest. Well, if it's a, I think if it's a, a size contest, then I'm gonna give it to the Adam once again. Okay. All right. Last yeah. one: Wonder Twins versus Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. In. in in the gladiator. In there's no water around. There's no fish. Oh, okay. okay. But see, just strength versus someone who could turn into water in a bucket. But here's the thing. Okay, so an eagle and some and a spritzer. <laughs> yeah, one of the Wonder Twins can turn into <laughs> any animal she thinks of, and then the other one can turn into some kind of form, something involving like liquid states. And if I'm not mistaken, at one time didn't. Aquaman actually have like control of the actual like all the the element of water, like he could do stuff to it. He could it. definitely influence yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he could drown one Wonder Twin with the other. <laughs> essentially, <laughs> yeah. Is anyone in the audience drinking a glass of water? Had to, had to be. Okay, there you go. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be water. It could be any kind of any liquid, liquid beverage. Can you, can you imagine how much that can would suck? The- if like somebody was drinking a glass of water and they just manipulated that and made a bubble of water on your head and no. you couldn't do anything about it, Aquaman could be such an asshole as a teen bully. <laughs> he could drown you in his own urine. Oh, God. oh man, that's gross. <laughs> can, what you, a, can you what pull, a way to go? Can you pull your blood out of your body because this is water though? That's dark. As that shit. is yeah, really is. dark. What if Aquaman just pulls all the liquid out of your body? Yeah, he just kills people that way. He just pulls all the water out of them. But see, keep in mind the version of Aquaman I'm talking about that could do that. That was during like the late '80s, early '90s, before he had the hook hand and the beard. Mm. That's when DC were they were into this whole thing. Like it was after Alan Moore did the whole thing with Swamp Thing, where he's a Earth elemental, and then Firestorm was a fire elemental. Like they had plans to make um, Captain Aquaman. Oh, yeah, more or less. <laughs> But that that was sort of where the direction Aquaman was going. I don't know if that's the case with him any longer, but that was at the time. So yeah, still Aquaman. He fucking yeah. Winter Twins. Up. I think you would. Truth. Hey, I think we're warmed up. You guys want to talk about some news? Yes. Yeah. News. So last week was a little bit heady. We talked about some real shit. It was about all of the kind of Marvel. Diversity drama. Well, spoiler alert, man! I listen to this podcast. I haven't, listened, I got, I haven't gotten that episode yet. Well, it's gonna it's gonna rock your world. Okay. Um, I'll make sure to not listen to it while I'm driving. Yeah, don't. You're, you'll have to pull over. You might cry. Um, the Hugo Award nominees 
were announced. And if you go to the graphic novel um, section, the two Marvel comics that were nominated were, were Black Panther, mm-hmm. which is written by... Tenahisi Coates. That's right. And the other book that was nominated was Squirrel Girl. No. Hmm. No, it was Miss Marvel. It was Miss Marvel. Yeah. Sorry. Squirrel Girl is on my mind for another reason. But of course she is. <laughs> so Miss Marvel and Black Panther were nominated. Yeah. Both diverse books. Now I'm not trying to say that award winning means it sells the most copies, but you know, without drumming up that whole argument again, some good books are being written that are diverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I may have made some I may have had an unpopular opinion, you know, last time when we spoke about that. But, you know, I don't want anybody to think that I'm against Marvel, you know, being my more diverse with their comic characters and their titles and such. Cuz I mean, there are a lot of other factors going into why potentially that they are suffering from low sales and you know, like I said, I was coming from the whole angle that it wasn't necessarily about diversity as it was just the lack of the familiar and how that's a very jarring thing with any comic book fan, um, especially like old school, long term uh, comic book fans. But that's sort of where we are right now in comics culture, where you have this clash of ideologies between old school fans and new school fans. And, you know, new school fans are clamoring for something different. Uh, in the books that they read. Um, but then also their habits when it comes to buying comics, which may, uh, play a part in this, you know, such as new school comic book fans tend to, uh, buy things digitally. Yep. Um, and I don't know if that was factored into, uh, low sales. And plus a lot of people have a tendency to trade weight. And that's another thing that might affect month to month sales. But, mm-hmm. and that's the point that is too bad Amos couldn't be on this podcast <clears throat> this week either. But that's yeah. the point that he made to us after we spoke afterwards was that, um, new comic book readers are digital readers. And, and it, yeah. And what, uh, it'd be interesting to see what percentage of sales for the diverse books were from comic book shops versus mm-hmm. the sales that were done digitally. Right. But even more so, kind of going down the list of all of the graphic novels that were nominated, DC wasn't nominated for any, and they're selling the most books right now. So Are they really? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're kicking everyone's ass right now when it comes to sales. Which books? The- Batman. Batman, Batman, Superman. Well, it's, all, it's all the rebirth titles. I mean, you know, a lot of people are buying more, more of, uh, uh, more of that right now. Um, the big ones I've heard that's, that stand out with DC are, uh, Titans and the two Superman books, Action and, and Superman. Those have been, uh, selling pretty well. I, I don't want to make this a bit like bashing DC at all. I've tried it. I can't get into it. There's something about it. I've I've tried reading Green Lantern books. I've tried reading. I get you with the Green Lantern stuff. I can't get into that. Yeah. But uh, all the Batman books that are coming out right now are really good. Mm. Uh, Scott Snyder is an amazing writer, and pretty much anything he does is worth reading. And he is writing only DC right now. So, I, I mean, I did read. Uh, I think it's the long. Long Halloween? Halloween? Yes. I, yeah. I I really like that. I mean, if you haven't read any DC stuff at all, I mean, I can go back and recommend like some older stuff. You don't have to necessarily be reading any of the new current titles, Mm -hmm. but, um, I mean, as far as like, 
Because, I mean, there's a lot of continuity to have to address before you can jump into any of that stuff. Um, none of it's really freestanding, mm-hmm. per se. But, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of old story arcs and, and uh, miniseries and, and, and graphic novels I, I think are great for I'll, DC Comics. I'll for sure give it a shot. It's, it's just, I mean, like I said earlier, I, I got my start reading that Arkham book. But mm-hmm. it's just, since then, It's I, I found when I was diving into... Uh, a new world. Marvel was way easier and uh, to to actually you know start from. Like if I if I read like a Green Lantern book, there's a lot there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it got into the whole Lantern Corps and all that stuff, and I just couldn't couldn't really get on board with that. It was it was it was hard for me as a new reader to actually get. It's, it's it was easier for me to read like a Avengers book. I don't sure. know. Yeah. DC, I think, I think is a fair um, statement to say DC is a little bit more difficult to jump in than Marvel, unless you take one of their side books and just start reading, which I did at, with Rebirth. And uh, if you, as you've probably heard me say before, you could read the new Aquaman Rebirth. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, what is it with you and I? You like you love Aquaman. Now. I don't, but I do really like the. Well, I haven't read the past like four or five um, that have come out, but. Yeah, man. I really, yeah, I do. All right. That's cool. Um, also, Vision won or is up for a Hugo as well. Well, well hopefully deserved. Hopefully, one day we'll talk about. <laughs> well deserved. I mean, I'll talk about it right now. It's well deserved. It's I a good loved book, that yeah. book. I was a big, big fan. Hey, let's talk about um, Thor Ragnarok's first trailer. Yeah, that dropped today. Yep. First impression, Sequoia. Hot off the presses. You know, uh, I was really taken by the colors in the trailer that really appealed to me. I mean, it, it, it popped in terms of, you know, the just presentation, but the thing really that they, they won my heart with was the use of Led Zeppelin's immigrant song. It was well used. Yeah. It felt like such a cheap blow, but I loved it. I fell for it anyway. Yep. It, it looked like it really felt like a guardians of the galaxy trailer. And I'm a hundred percent okay with that. It did, didn't it? It was great. But I think that might be the idea because mm-hmm. they have to make this stuff sort of dovetail because, you know, I mean, more or less Thor is in the same realm to some degree as the Guardian. So and there's a bit of a correlation because uh, the the one of the villains in this is the um, Hella. No, the games. Well, she's one of them, but the games master is the villain in this, and he is related to he's the like collector. The, he's like the cousin of the collector mm-hmm. or something like that. Something like that, yeah. He just plays Jeff Goldblum in the movie. It's just, <laughs> to me, you could just show me a picture of the collector like on a, a regular day, and I'd be like, oh, what's Jeff Goldblum up to? It wouldn't even be like, a, oh, Jeff Goldblum's in a movie. But like, that's what he looks like when he's picking up his daughter from preschool. That's just Jeff Goldblum. So what do we learn from this trailer? So, uh, Something happens to Thor. I guess he gets in a fight with Hela, and she just she destroys Mjolnir, and somehow Thor winds up on some alien planet. He gets kidnapped and forced into uh, into being a gladiator. Yeah, and I I I don't know. I haven't read the actual uh, series of comics where he gets the backup. Axe, which is has a known, another name. I forget the name of that sword. 
Don't ask me. It's, <laughs> it's like it's backup. We've actually talked about it a few times in this podcast, and I'm just too lazy to Google it. I know it has a name. It has I another just weird don't name. Care. It has another weird name. Not Mjolnir, but something. It's Mew. It's Mew Mew Sword. <laughs> Mew Mew X. Mew Mew X. So, do you think that Loki is teaming up with? Whomever is taking over Asgard, or do you think that this is Loki fighting whoever's trying to take over Asgard, or do we know? If you if you watch the trailer, he's actually sitting on the same couch as the collector's cousin. Oh, the game master. Yeah, the game master. While they're fighting, it hmm. cuts to them. If you pause it, he's actually sitting on the couch oh, next okay. to him. So I don't know if there's if he's either teaming up with him or he's come to. He pits him again. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. You know, he's he's a trickster. He's Loki. He just he's Loki. You, you don't, don't know, know what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of weird little shots there. Like we see, um, oh Lord, Idris Elba's character uh, is it Balder? He's got to no, die. No, he's not Balder. He's, he dies in this, right? Uh, Heimdall. Heim- Heimdall. Yes, yeah. that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. He's so gonna we die see him. This. Pretty sure no, he's gonna die. No. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he wants out. I, I I remember reading an interview where he was like, "Look, I, this is kind of fun, but it, you know." I got other stuff to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The next James Bond, by the way. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, man. You think the world's know. ready for I, that? I, I think the world is ready. I'm ready for him to be 007, but I just don't think that the rest of the world that is. That dude is badass. I hope he is the next 007. Luther. Did y'all watch Luther? Yeah, I watched some of it. Not yet. I want that's to. The you recommended that to me. That's yeah. the only reason I'm scoffing at Bond is like, keep doing Luther, man. <laughs> Luther's good, right? You don't need Bond. Yo, when his like his like dude dies, that made me cry. But no, we see we see Heimdall without uh, his armor, you know, fighting some of uh, Hela's minions. And I, I must say, I'm quite taken by uh, gothy Kate Blanchett. That's oh, uh, that's hot. She, yes, I, she's she's quite a she she's looks quite badass. A, too. She's quite a beautiful she's woman. The, the anti Galadriel. Yeah, she, she's the Gladriel that got the ring, actually. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I, and I like the fact that they actually show her in a couple of shots with the big, um, head, headpiece, the, the, you know, with all the tendrils coming off her, her mask or whatever. So that, I'm glad they kept that look. That shot with, with the whole head tendrils and her turning with the immigrant song, that was an awesome shot. It is really awesome. And how about the very end where like it lifts to be the Hulk <laughs> and Thor is just like, yeah, I know him from work. I know him from work. Years ago, if you would have told me what's the what's the comic that you think would never be made, Planet Hulk, and yep. here we are seeing some version, of some it. version of Planet Hulk. That's great, man. I can't say much about Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. We got a couple of shots of her. No, I didn't really see. I mean, it was kind of nondescript. Yeah, I guess you she's she's know. sort of antagonistic. Like she's responsible for Thor's capture. But I have a feeling she's probably going to turn at the end and, you know, help him. So I don't know much about the character, but there was also a shot of Scourge who had yes. dual M16s. Yes. Carl Urban with a yes. shaved head. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That's part of the reason why I'm seeing this movie is Carl Urban. They really? Ga- they gave him the I dual M16. <laughs> yeah. He's great. What, where did this love of Carl Urban come from? You know, Judge it Dredd. didn't really. He, that's part of it, but really, it was it was Star Trek. Okay, because I mean, his Judge his, Dredd was really, really good. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I mean, the guy is such a fanboy at heart. Like, and you know, 
I've tried to support everything he does. I didn't get uh, the, was it one sci-fi show he had where he teamed up with the robot cop? Yeah, I didn't. They got that canceled. Either. Yeah, and it's just like just keep doing it, Carl. Man, I'll 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 show up for it, dude. I'm in your corner. Yeah, I'm with you, Carl. Yes, keep me with Carl. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, so on the heels of the Marvel controversy. We hear that there will be no big events after Secret Empire for 18 months at least, says Marvel. That's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that, actually. But see, the key word is big events. I think many events are okay. For instance, beginning of last year, beginning of this year? I can't remember. There was um, the Spider Women books. Oh, that was like Silk and Spider Gwen. It was a yeah. It Spider was a Woman. decent Spider like universe tale that doesn't. It, it takes all of the. It takes like three or four books. It winds them together. Good narrative, um, fun story. How they interact as like Spider people. Mm-hmm. One you know done. And it was like eight issues. Yeah, and it was fun. I think that that's the kind of events that I'm okay with. Like take pockets of the Marvel universe. Tell me a story about like three or four characters together doing something, blah, blah, blah. It's over. It doesn't have to, like, we don't need to know what. So, what's Moon Knight doing in Civil War 2? Like, who gives a shit? Just, you know, let me read a Moon Knight story. And then, whatever the event has going on, like, just make a good story. Don't worry about all the, like, subplots that have to go on during it. I still think that's potentially a problem because that's part of the reason why I read Moon Knight is whenever they have these events, he doesn't get embroiled <laughs> in that bullshit. Like, I just can <laughs> continue reading whatever storyline I'm reading with Moon Knight. I think the problem I have is when I'm in the mi- middle of reading a comic and it gets hijacked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying, man, is that, like, these small events, you don't have to worry about hijack. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I guess yeah. If you're already reading the title, you're going to read it anyway. So, um, like, do you remember? If it pertains to that character, do you remember the first Civil War when all of a sudden there was like a Moon Knight uh, Civil War crossover and like Captain for, America for some reason, yeah, yeah, Iron Man came down. Yeah, and he was like, "What side are you on?" He was like, "Dude, I'm Moon Knight. I don't even know if I'm really you know seeing who I you. am. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Are you? Are, are you uh, am I seeing you? Are you real?" <laughs> What side are you are you on? <laughs> All of them. What side is the night? Well, you there's know, my, a civil war going on. <laughs> my my problem the last few years with the the Marvel events. I mean, you know, they had a good run. Let's say from from you can go back to say uh, what Avengers disassembled on up through say Siege. Mm-hmm. That was a good run. I feel. Yeah, but after that. From like fear itself to Messiah Complex to dude, fear itself was so bad. It was terrible because I used to read Invincible Iron Man and for like two issues it got hijacked and like they tried to tie it into what was happening in Iron Man at the time and it just didn't work. It was just two issues of nothing. How come the whole world got destroyed in fear itself? Like literally the whole world got like just wiped out and then and then it's like ah oh, it's okay. Yeah, everything was back to normal, which I guess is the nature of comics. But no, my problem had been, you know, a lot of the special events that Brian Michael Bendis had spearheaded. And I know I always shit on Bendis on this podcast, but hashtag shit on Bendis. (laughs) (laughs) 
But but the problem I had was that a lot of these events didn't really come to a a nice succinct conclusion. They were just open ended, much like a Brian Michael Bendis <laughs> comic book, and they were just there to set up the next event. I think the biggest, the one that pissed me off the most was Age of Ultron. Because I got to the end of that, and I was like, what the fuck was this all about? They made such a big deal about you along. it. Yeah, and it's just like, the end result was Angela got brought into the Marvel Universe, and that was it. Boo. <laughs> Double boo. Hooray. Angela's forced into every comic book ba- like badly. Like She's the queen of hell. She's part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, she's... Thor and Loki's, you know, long lost sister. All boo. Yeah. Boo, boo, boo. But, yeah, who cares? That's what no one. Well, people who like Spawn, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm fine with them taking a break for 18 Definitely. Months, you know. But I'm with you on the whole. Give me some mini stories. I don't need a, uh, everything's in peril. We're Hopefully all at risk. this will just allow the writers to be able to have 18 months of their own stuff. Of, yeah. We've got a lot of writers. We've got some younger guys like give and girls and women and little people, tall people, whatever. Sure. But just give the writers time to create their own arc and yeah. don't shove events and have them right around the events like let's have more visions yeah, let's have case more visions that's what i was yeah. going to say and let's have less iron man in what is it invincible iron man invincible iron man yeah yeah less fear itself less yeah. age of ultron yep so batman apparently the new the new bat news hashtag #bat news the new bat news that's going around is that the dceu in 2019 is going to have four Batman movies. Four Bat- Batman. Four yeah. different Batman movies. Because I didn't realize this, but apparently 2019 is ba- is going to be back 80 years of Batman. Wow. 80, 80 years. years. And then wow. all four films are going to be Bruce Wayne, 80 years old, <laughs> fighting crime still. Yeah. Because that Batman Beyond trailer. <laughs> Uh, but what what are the four that's rumored? So uh, one of them is supposed to be the Batman, the long promised the Batman film starring Ben Affleck, directed by Matt Reeves. Uh, the other one is supposed to be a Nightwing film. I don't know who's directed. No one's been attached yet. Uh, I think the third one is going to be the Joss Whedon helmed Batgirl. Very and- interested about that. Yeah, and the fourth one is going to be Gotham City Sirens. Okay. I don't know about that one. So, yeah, this is supposed to, I guess, kind of honor his 80th birthday and such, but... uh, So, is is Matt Reed, is is he for sure going to do the Batman? Yes, he he is signed on. Okay. There was, like, some, there was some spottiness there where he had pulled away, but then I think that that was just the whole, give me more money. Yeah. Or give me more power. Yeah. He ripped up the uh, script and he's starting again. That was with a lot of directors when they come onto a as they should. Project. You know, they come on, they're like, "Hey, you know why that last director left? Because the script is." That was probably a good thing, yeah, that he ripped it up. <laughs> well, I read some brief synopsis of what the previous script was online, and um, basically, it sounded like the plot for Arkham or- Batman: Arkham Origins, the video game. You know, or you know, the bad guy's black mask and he's hiring all these villains to uh to take down the Batman and such. 
So, I mean, that's that's pretty fucking straightforward. I mean, you know, that's just... Yeah, but do you want that to be your Ben Affleck of the Batman? No, you want that to be like your your sequel. Well, right? I'll say this. I'll say this, and I'll try to make it br- as brief as I can. But the thing is, you know, we've already gotten campy Batman and dark Batman with Tim Burton and... um Joel Schumacher. We've gotten serious, realistic, grounded in the real world Batman from Christopher Nolan. And the thing is, this time around, for me personally as a Batman fan, what I want is a series of Batman films or Batman Bat family films that can really portray Batman and his cast more or less akin to how they are in the comic book. Because as much as I like the Nolan films... You are never going to get a character like Killer Croc or Mr. Freeze or anything yeah. like that. And there's that potential. And I remember when Affleck first talked about this project, that was sort of thing that they promised that they wanted to do a series of Batman films or at least one film where you were going to see most of, if not all of his villains. And the thing uh, we were talking about at the comic book shop, my buddy Jason is a huge Batman fan. But the thing we were talking about was if you're going to do four movies in one year, that kind of leaves the opportunity where you can kind of do it as an event where all four movies are the, are part of one whole cohesive, cohesive story. Sort of what, you know, like with Marvel, the whole thing with the, where the individual compartmentalized characters leading up to the Avengers movies. And now you mm-hmm. have all these different separate Marvel movies that are leading up to the big crossover, which is, Avengers Infinity War. This can kind of be DC's equivalent of doing something like that, where yeah. it's like, hey, this is our opportunity to show all of Batman's sidekicks and friends and his enemies and have one year where like you're guaranteed for everybody to go see each movie because it's you know, you've got this window to it's tell this arc. big story and yeah, this big story arc. It could be a it could be a movie crossover. That'd be cool. If it's supposed to be a year uh, or a year of the of Batman films, is he going to make like some type of appearance in Gotham Sirens, like he did in Suicide Squad, like a little fifteen minute? I would assume he'd have to. Right? I can see potentially. I mean, you know, because you couldn't really count that as a Batman movie if he wasn't in it, right? Well, no, you could because it's Batman related. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like. The same way that you can have X Men movies, but then there's Deadpool. Yeah, okay. Deadpool's uh, technically okay. an X Men yeah. movie, even though it really isn't. But okay, that, yeah. I mean, that was sort of the idea we had. Kind of like, um, what was the last Batman story that I was thinking about that, that would kind of work with this? It was uh, the whole Court of the Court of Owls thing? How that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, not that per se, but yeah, you could have something where all Batman's villains get out of Arkham and this movie is about him dealing with this aspect of it. But then the next movie is Nightwing having to deal with the same shit and, you know, Batgirl having to deal with her portion of it. I would just love to see Batman as a detective again, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it has to be like a detective movie, Mm -hmm. but a lot of these Batman films are, they're, he's a vigilante kind of. You know, more it's, or less. Yeah, it's always where the villain is one step ahead of him until the very last, the the, the third act. Yeah. And he finally figures it out, how I'm going to get the upper hand. But he's supposed to be the world's greatest detective. So it should be the, yeah, it should be the other way. We should see more of him being figuring out things as he goes. You know, I, like, yeah, we don't get that from any of the movies And I think far. that the Court of Owls would allow a lot of that. Because 
Scott Snyder's run on the Court of Owls is him f- being a detective, figuring out a lot, a lot of stuff about his past and himself through present acts. I think it would be neat. One of my favorite scenes from the last uh, Batman, Dark Knight Rises, um, that I loved was the short five-minute uh, where Scarecrow holds court mm-hmm. as a judge. Yeah. If that could be like, if that was like an actual film, like the villains overrunning Gotham and taking, like, I would love to see that type of Batman movie. That was very cool. That to was me. really cool. All right, so two more news-related items I want to talk about. Um, our buddy Smiling Dave, as we, as you listen to this podcast, is in Star Wars world. What is it? Where is he going? He, well, he's he's going to a Star Wars celebration down yep. in Orlando. Is he really? Yeah, he's him. Him and his like down in Hollywood right Studios right now. Yeah, well, right now I think they're at Universal because I saw a, pictures yeah. of them on Instagram at uh, Harry Potter. We got a few buddies going. Um, a guy who's been on this podcast before, Tom. Yeah, no, Tom is also down oh, there. Okay. Um, Lucky and this bastards. is his like his fifth year or something like that. If I ever get invited back to this podcast, I'd like to do it with Dave because when I went down there, mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed it. You think it was to be like just for kids and stuff? No. But going back as an adult, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I've recently got to Disneyland as an adult, and I really enjoyed it too. Yeah. Disney knows how to do it. Yeah, they do. They really do. And their Frisco sandwich is amazing. Um, what else do I want to talk about? So we're recording this a day before all of the Star Wars announcements. So by the time this podcast comes out, there's going to be like the new trailer for. Um, the next Star Wars movie, The Last they're, Jedi. They're, they're probably have announced the Solo Obi Wan movie. There is not going to be an Obi Wan movie. You don't think so? What I do you think is going to be announced? And we'll see. Like, uh, okay, they've got they definitely Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. Uh, I've heard they're going to announce Star Wars Battlefront Two. Like, there's going to be a trailer for that. Um, and supposedly there might be some footage of the other Star Wars video game that Visceral Studios is working on. They might have something for Han Solo for that film. Cause the that's solo. the next one. Yeah. The solo solo film. Han Solo solo. And, um, <laughs> hell, they might mention something about, um, Star Wars land. Maybe, maybe not. You don't think the, the Boba Fett's, he's like the least cool of all of the, Bounty hunters. You he's think? Like, there's all the these like, least cool. He's like all. There's all these like amazing bounty hunters who look ridiculous, and they pick the one guy in the tin can suit. I don't know, man. I think Boba Fett is head and shoulders above Dengar. Which one was Dengar? He's the one with the toilet paper wrapper <laughs> on his head. <laughs> <laughs> they looked so ridiculous that I wanted to see them and not him. <laughs> I don't know. You think there's going to be a, a Boba Fett? A Boba? Is it Boba or a Baba? Boba. Boba. Boba Fett. Movie. Although it'd be really hilarious if it was Boba. Boba Fett. <laughs> hey there, man. My name's Boba Fett. Boba Boba Fett. Hey y'all. My name's Boba Fett. I'm here to catch me some criminals. <laughs> Deeter alive. I don't know. I mean, they, they've <laughs> got the license to do stuff up until I think what 2020. So I mean, somewhere in there, we might see a Boba Fett or a Obi Wan Kenobi. Probably both, given enough time. I I don't. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I came. I came into it pretty late. My dad took me to see the uh, the prequels, I guess, and all that stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but I will say the thing that I enjoyed about the prequels, and I hope if they do an Obi-Wan movie, is if they get Ewan McGregor back. I liked him. He says he wants to do it. I liked him a lot. about the it? right age, roughly. 
And uh, I'd be I can I'd be on board with that. Wasn't Ewan McGregor's uncle also in Dennis Larson That's played right. um, Lawson? I'm sorry, played um, Wedge and Tilly's in all three of the original Star Wars. That's right. Films. And he told Ewan McGregor never to do a Star Wars film. <laughs> but you know what? Ewan McGregor's been in a lot of good films. You can't fuck you, Uncle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, ironically enough, the movie I was introduced to him via was uh, Train Spotting. Yes. It went from that to Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's cashing in on that right now. Yeah. (laughs) But no, um, I think my only fear of with Disney having Star Wars and wanting to do these movies every year is that, you know, they're going to oversaturate, you know, things. And it's going to basically Star Wars is going to wind up being like Star Trek, where there's just going to be so much crap and people are just going to get sick of it and. You know, it's not going to have an impact. Like, I feel like the only way to make Star Wars, the only way it works is to have a period of time, like a spurt of Star Wars stuff, and then go away for five to ten years and then do more crap later. Yeah. I mean, even right now, they said, don't they have like uh, Star Wars films lined up to 2020? Yes. And that's Star Wars, not like spinoffs, right? I think they announced that they're going to do a. a lull. Like, I think it's going to go to 2020 and then they're not going to have a movie for five years. I'll be fine with that. That's, that's not a bad idea because, I mean, they can always focus on, like, you know, animated series and stuff like that. But, I mean, okay, so what, 20 this year will be episode eight. Mm-hmm. 2018 will be Han Solo. 2019 will be episode nine. So then 2020, they can follow it up with the whatever the hell, whatever, yeah. whatever they're. Got planned. Which I think the rumor for the long time was that it was going to be a Boba Fett movie like that. The Josh Trank who did Fantastic Four, that was, allegedly was the movie that he was attached to do. And then there was saw Fantastic Four and they're like, nope. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> nope. Did, did y'all see that movie? No. Nah, I did. Still not yet. I'm sorry. I did. Why? I, I saw the know. first two. Damascus. <laughs> it was Awful. terrible, by the way. <laughs> Just not no surprise. Okay, guys. Last bit of news. Who here has seen Ghost in the Shell? Apparently, no one else has either. It looks to be the biggest bomb of the year so far. No, biggest bomb of the year was that uh, Shia LaBeouf movie. Oh, yeah. like one person in England saw it. Yeah. What do you mean? It's $26. pounds. <laughs> what movie are y'all talking about? Was it Man Down or some shit yeah. like that? Like, yeah. It, he made a movie where he's like a... a Soldier and oh, and it uh, in its opening weekend made seven pounds. Yeah. One one person saw it. Yeah, which is just really sad. That's sad. Yeah, which Wait. I saw the trailer for. It looks it doesn't look like a bad film. Maybe Bumblebee was in it. It made. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only made like eighty one million overseas right now, which is for a movie this big. Ghost in the Shell. That's that's bad numbers. Costs a lot of money yeah, to make this movie. Yeah. And I guess like not a lot of people have seen it in the states either. In in comparison, it looked pretty. I just don't really want to go see it. There's a lot of I, reasons I don't really care to see it right now. But I already t- told Sequoia I'd go to the dollar f- or dollar fifty or two fifty yeah. or whatever. It is. Yeah, the two fifty sure. with them. That's all the news I got today. You guys got anything else you want to talk about? Mm-mm. All right, let's do some spoilers. So we're gonna spoil two things. For the people listening. So skip ahead till the last five, ten minutes if you don't want us to spoil 
Iron Fist, or Legion. I don't know how deep we're going to spoil this, but we're going to at least talk about stuff that you probably want to not hear if you want to see either of these. So let's start with something that I have watched and John have watched, which is Legion on FX. Eight episodes. And let me just say, eight episodes is the perfect length for a show. Because, look, man, I really enjoyed Luke Cage. But I really enjoyed about eight episodes. The first of Luke half Cage. of it, yeah, the first half yeah. was great, right? And then it just dragged on, and it got real preachy. Then they killed the best character. Yeah, yeah. let me spoil Legion for you. I'm going to try to tell Go you ahead. all what Legion is about, okay? Like you have not read the comic book, like you're about to watch this TV show, and no, like you just turned to me and you're like, I don't want to watch this TV show. What's about? This is how. This is what it's about. So this guy thinks he's schizophrenic and is in a crazy person's home. Then meets some girl who doesn't like to get touched. And then one day she accidentally touches him and they switch bodies because apparently she has a power in which if she touches you, your consciousness goes into her and her consciousness goes into you. And then all of a sudden that's when you find out, oh, this is a show about mutants. And then, oh, they escape. And it turns out that the main character is a schizophrenic mutant that's super, super powerful. And then you find out that there's some kind of living, breathing alien inside of his head that's controlling his thoughts and past memories. And it turns out to be the Shadow King, which is some kind of alien from another world. And this alien from another world is fighting inside of the main character's head. And then all of his friends who helped escape him escape from said crazy person home is trying to save him. And there's a fight at the end and no one really wins, but the bad guy gets away. That's my 10 minutes. What do you think? I wasn't even 10 minutes, but that was pretty good. Right. That's yeah. pretty much what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Not anything like the comic book. So it sounds pretty badass, though. Right. I'll watch it. There you go. There you go. We so, got one person. You know, <laughs> even if it has been spoiled for me. That's pretty much it. There's not really much to spoil. Yeah. Because the show itself is really about how everything is presented. It's presented so much differently than a comic book show. There are moments in which you're not sure what time. Like, is this the 1980s? Is this the 2000s? Because... This is all seen from the perspective of the main character who is schizophrenic, so you can't trust him. Mm. So with the untrustworthy narrator, he puts like old ovens and old cars in present day. Someone has a Tommy gun instead of their real gun because it's from his, his perspective and he's so powerful that he changes objects and realities in, in the narration of the show. It's pretty neat. And also the colors, like the color palette that they use is pretty interesting. And that's what I really liked about it. It's definitely not, it's not like a Netflix mutant show. It's something a little bit better. So this is, yeah. uh, this is on what FX FX. Yeah. It's okay. by the same guy who did Fargo. And if you haven't seen Fargo, it's fan- equally fantastic. So I've seen yeah. the first season of Fargo. I see. I yeah. plan on watching this on Hulu and they have all the whole entire season currently. So if you, if you aren't hooked up to cable, you can watch it on Hulu at least. Yeah. yeah. I watched it on FX and there was so many commercials. There's actually less commercials on Hulu, believe it or not, <laughs> which is ridiculous because Hulu has too many commercials. Yeah. Yeah. I watch it on uh, FX On Demand, which is on the PlayStation View, which is like their version of Sling TV. Mm. 
And they, there are commercial breaks, but the commercials they choose for them, I don't know how they did this, but there's this weird snoring commercial where it's like a, uh, it's a product, almost like a mouthpiece that cures your snoring. It's the most bizarre commercial to ever see on some type of like subscription based TV. I don't know how they got it. It's, it's really bizarre, but that's beside the point. What I, what I want to say is that, uh, Noah Hawley, the actual, uh, cre- uh, producer, actual creative mind behind the show does a fantastic job. And every episode has been, I think, a, a plus for me. No for intro sure. songs. No, yeah, no, intro no songs. outro songs. Mm-hmm. Just starts up right away. Has some kind of weird outro song. So there's no theme song. It doesn't feel like a traditional TV show at all. There's no, yeah, there's no opening credits or anything, no opening crawl. There is a single Legion, uh, almost like a, a title, but it's, it's done in different ways on each episode and it's great. I, I think it's great. Kind of mixes with the foreground or the background a mm-hmm. little bit. Pretty mm-hmm. neat. Someone told me that if you enjoy this show, that you should watch, um, what was the movie, uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow? Cause it kind of deals with a similar subject. I haven't but, seen that. But in terms of, uh, visual presentation, they're kind of similar. Whereas it's kind of this anachronistic late seventies, early eighties look, but it might be in the future or it might be now. But, uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of good stuff about the show and I've been curious to watch it myself ever since I saw the, um, trailers for it, you know, months ago. And, uh, it's worth watching, man. Let's talk a little bit about the cast. Yeah. Because Aubrey Plaza, who plays a character who turns out, spoiler, to be the main bad guy. It was originally supposed to be cast as a male, and having her in it, I thought was a very interesting twist, because she, as a female, can lean into certain stereotypes differently than a male character could. And because of that, when I was watching this, I didn't see her as the curveball, the the bad guy in it. Because she plays his best friend. And you don't know if... You assume that she's not a figment of his imagination. Turns out that he, she is. Turns out, oh, twist is that no, she's actually not. She's an alien living inside of her head, his head trying to kill him. And that's how they get you, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is how they got you in this. Like you, you do not see her as the bad person. Well, at least I didn't catch it until it was revealed. I really didn't. And I'm usually pretty good about that kind of stuff. She plays the character very well, too. She's a really good actor. The, it, it helps because the only... Uh, and if you're going into this blind, not knowing anything about the Legion character, it, it, he is a schizophrenic. You, and if that's the only thing you know about him, that's the only thing I knew about him. So I, I assume just the Aub- Aubrey Plaza character was just another, you know, one of his personalities. So I didn't assume that she was playing, she was the Shadow King at all. So that d- definitely was a curveball for me. And having read the Chris, Chris Claremont um, comics, I actually assumed that everyone who's dying around him was being absorbed into Legion. And that's where all of these personalities were coming from. And the writers leaned into that. So if you came into this reading the com- re- watching this after being a comic reader of this original series, you made assumptions that were incorrect that would have been correct if it were like a page by page remake, which I thought was pretty neat as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
there's a lot of subtleties in this show. Um, even if it's, you're listening to this for some reason and we're spoiling the shit out of it. It's still, it's still worth watching. Yeah. It's be, and the last episode, in my opinion, I think is one of the weaker episodes, but only because up until that point, there's been no, uh, no resolution at all. It's just been questions on top of questions on top building, of questions. Building, yes. Building, 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 building. Until so the last episode where it does actually, um, really resolve the, the, the conflict with the D division three, uh, the conflict with the shadow King, as well as answer some questions, um, about the little tiny mutant. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Like a, like a, I don't even know what you, what, what would you call that? The little, little tiny mutant thing. Yeah, it's like like mutant Burning Man they're having in the woods. <laughs> uh, um, but but it, it was so in my opinion it was one of the weaker episodes. But it was I still think it was great because uh, if you watch the post credits, did you watch the post credit scene? I'm sure I did with a little po- remind me with the pokeball. The pokeball? I yeah. guess I don't think I did. Okay. So there is a uh, post credit scene where. Him, uh, Legion, um, uh, and Sid mm-hmm. are, are are standing on the balcony together, basically saying, "I'm glad that was a, that's over now." And then there's this little hovering ball that looks like a pokeball, a gray pokeball, that floats to uh, toward him and scans him, and then absorbs him into the ball, and he floats <laughs> away. Yes, I did. I did not see this. Yes. It's, it's, it's my, that was my exact reaction. I, I can't, I don't know who it is or, or what, I know it's leading up to season two, but I don't, I, I've been racking my brain to think of what it was. It could be Division Three. Yeah. Capturing him because towards the end of that episode, they were talking about releasing something called Exodus, which is not what they originally were going to do. They were going to do the Peacemaker, which is a missile, which was going to blow up everybody. But then, they were going to talk about uh, sending an exodus, which was another option. And I'm, hmm. I don't know if that was what it was or, you know. I need to go back and rewatch that. Yeah. It's it's interesting. And then the new bad guy is, uh, what's his name from Flight of the Concords, who is also wonderful. Jermaine Clement. Jermaine Clement. You know that guy? Yeah. What you think about that guy? What do I think about Jermaine Clement? Yeah. Hello, Bowie. Yeah, I, I like I like Flight <laughs> of the Concord. In space. Bowie in space. Um, he was great in it as well. Uh, what what to say about this other than go watch it. Go watch it, Sequoia. What are you doing? I'll try to get it in this week while I have some time. I've I've got that and... You got that spring break time, man. Yeah, I've got that and uh, what else? Iron Fist I have to watch. And there's one movie I have to go home and watch tonight because it's leaving Netflix tomorrow. What movie is that? Who's that? Uh, the Dirties. Haven't I don't think it. I've heard of this. A movie about these outcast kids who are plotting a school shooting. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Heady shit. Topical. Talking about Iron Fist, I haven't watched it. I don't want to watch it. So I'm going to have John spoil it for us right now. Why do you not want to watch it? I don't want to put in the time, man. Have you watched any of the other Netflix shows? I've watched all of them. But not this one. I don't really care for the actor. Really? Really? Did you watch Game of Thrones at all? Yes. Okay, so maybe don't spoil, spoil it, spoil it. But tell us what you like about it, buddy. What I liked about it, uh, the character development was really good, I thought. 
which was uh, really interesting because everything else was kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be really hard for me to talk about this show without actually spoiling it. All right, John. All right. I want you to spoil the Iron Fist for us. All right. It's going to be a little bit longer than your summarization of Legion because where while Legion covers a single character, David, Iron Fist has a lot of different characters. And uh, it's like that show is pretty much if like the re- the reality show The Apprentice and Three Ninjas Kick Back had a baby. <laughs> and yeah. Wait a minute. I might actually want to watch this show. Go ahead, man. Dive in. Uh, so I, I'll preface this by saying that I love the character Iron Fist. I love Immortal Iron Fist. That's a great book. Um, I don't know when I started uh, loving that character. Probably there was actually a separate uh, run of uh, uh, books by, I think his name is Karen Andrews. Oh, Kara Andrews. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He did a uh, uh, living weapon. Um, a lot of people didn't like it. I love the art behind it, and it was uh, uh, I, I, I really enjoyed that. So when I heard they were actually going to make an Iron Fist Netflix show, I was really excited about it, and this just really fell flat for me. Um, so it starts out, Danny Rand returns to uh, New York City. He walks straight into Rand Enterprises, says, I'm Danny Rand. Of course they think he's a crazy homeless man because he doesn't think about even like trying to explain it he just goes exactly. in there and he's like i'm i'm danny Rand. he's barefoot yeah he's in new york city <laughs> but he's been missing since he was a child yes yeah, it's like oh yeah sure you're danny Rand, buddy yeah missing since he's 12 years old turns out his childhood friends uh the meachams joy and ward meacham the uh son and daughter of the previous uh co-owner of Rand enterprises harold meacham uh, they now run Rand Enterprises. And, of course, they say, you're a homeless man. Get out of my building. And they shoo him away. While in uh, Central Park or some other obscure park, he uh, runs into Colleen Wing. In the actual comics, that's like his closest friend. She, uh, really, in the in the most recent comic, she's actually a part of Kunlun, but she's not in this for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, she runs a dojo. Uh, in that dojo, she keeps referencing, uh, all the, her pupils that they're going to get a scholarship if they, you know, put their heart into training and, and, you know, they have a, uh, have a future, which is great. Um, so the, the, a good four to five episodes of the first, uh, the first part of the, uh, the season is just him trying to prove he's Danny Rand. Well, that sounds really painful. Oh, it is. It definitely is. So he keeps going back to Ward and Joy Meacham and going back to their offices and saying, I'm Danny Rand. How can I prove this to you? I'm Danny Rand. And only with the help of uh, Hogarth, who makes an, uh, an appearance. Jerry Hogarth. Yes. I was carrying in Moss's character from Jessica Jones, the Got lawyer. It. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. Um, that he's able to do so. Um, so he gets reinstated as a... Uh, Danny Rand gets 51% of the shares of Rand Enterprises. Ooh, 51? Yes. That is key, because then he starts to fuck everything up. <laughs> because 
while he he's makes homeless. He's yes. not good with money. He, <laughs> nice. He's, he, it, it takes like till episode five for him to put shoes on. Like, and uh, he starts to attend business meetings, and while he's making poor business choices, he's making great moral choices. Whereas, you know, there's like side stories of someone of someone's family getting cancer close to one of the Rand's plants. And he says, we'll shut down the plant and reimburse your family, which makes the board lose their mind. <laughs> yeah. There is a uh, uh, side story. I should say, I should preface this by saying that uh, the reason why Ward and Joy are running, uh, Ward and Joy Meacham are running Rand Enterprises is because their father, their late father, Harry, Harold Meacham, um, died of cancer while uh, Danny was supposedly dead. Uh, it turns out Harold is not actually dead. He's confined to a penthouse by himself, and and Ward is acting as his puppet. Basically, he does. He gets like texts from Harold all the time, emails saying "do this, do that," and that's how Rand has stayed uh, the the powerhouse that it is. Um, it's it's got his hand in every business. It, it, it basically is still surviving because of Harold. Wait a minute, but why why is Harold a recluse? Because uh he, he did die from cancer, but Ooh. the but the hand has a way to keep him alive. That is actually never uh really talked about. Other than they just... See, that's too bad, because that sounds like the most interesting thing that you just talked about. Yeah, because where I am so far, the actor that they chose to play him, I'm like, there's no way this guy in the real world could be this guy's father. Yeah. He's way too young. Yeah. Okay, so... He's he's actually uh, one of my favorite... I mean, he's from... um, 300? 300, he's from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he was a Boromir. Boromir. Yeah. Um, I actually like him a lot as an actor. He did look... He played even like the... um, the little friar in uh, Van Helsing. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I can't remember the actor's name. Oh, yes, that classic movie. Yeah, the classic. Yeah, everyone knows if that. If you see him, you'll recognize him. Yeah. Oh, that guy. <clears throat> but uh, he he's he plays a fantastic bad guy. And I will say, the I, I after watching the entire season, I do not care about Danny Rand at all. The Meachams are actually the most interesting. They're infinitely more interesting than Danny Rand. Uh Harold is pulling the strings of both Joy and Ward. Uh, Ward actually has a drug problem because he's pressured by Harold all the time. He cannot live his own life. He cannot escape him. Uh, he's living, constantly living in his father's shadow, who's supposed to be dead. Uh, and they are way more interesting than Danny. So as soon as Danny is actually gets 51 shares, he does not care about the business ventures at all. He goes into <laughs> digging into his father's past, finding, trying to find out why uh, his plane went down. Why his parents died, uh, and he finds out that the hand has a actual, uh, well, for lack of a better word, hand in <laughs> Rand Enterprises. They're they're par- they've partnered with them in the past to sell drugs throughout New York City. Are you sure that this, this isn't the show Arrow? On the it is, I was just going to make the that Arrow. joke. It is Arrow. It is essentially Arrow. They're that's pretty really much the same character. But though, I mean, that's what you're going to have yeah. happen whenever there's some superhero who's also a business person. There's always some shady goings on. I mean, it happened to Iron Man. It happened to yeah. Oliver Queen. It's going to happen to Danny Rand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, um, so it, it, th- and then a good, another four episodes is Danny just, uh, finding out what the hand is doing. He messes up some of their drug, uh, dealings with Colleen. She helps out. Um, and that's really it. And, 
as a uh, as a result of Danny saying no to some of these business ventures, the board gets really upset and they choose to oust Ward, Joy, and Danny and say, "Get out of here! You guys are really ruining Rand Enterprises. We should take over." And then they leave. <clears throat> In a drug-induced rage, uh, Ward Meacham goes back up to his father's estate. His father pretty much accuses him, saying, "Hey, you know, you were never." I wish you hadn't been born. Joy's the best. And kills Harold again. So you can kill someone who's already dead from cancer. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of... That's pretty much the theme of this whole season is people just coming back from being dead. Um, so he drags his body out into a swamp and leaves him there. And you don't really hear from Ward or Joy for a little while. Um, and meanwhile, the whole time, uh, Danny is out fighting the hand still. Uh, with Colleen. So, are the <clears throat> fights... Tell me about the fight scenes, then. Are they okay? Are they fast? Are they slow? Um, uh, do we get to see, like, his signature move? No. Uh, from what I've read, because I actually did... I tried to research this after I watched the, se- uh, the, the show. He only had... I can't remember the actor's name right off the top of my head. Uh, Finn Jones. Finn Jones. Thank you. Uh, he only had 20 minutes to... Actually, rehearse the fights. Why? What? I Why? I don't know. Why re- would you do that? I the name this- is Iron Fist. Give the man some some training. Teach I've, him how to punch, kick. I, it, I've read this from multiple sources. Actually, they said he has twenty minutes to rehearse the fights, which made them very slow, sluggish, lackluster. I mean, they were basically CW quality fights. <laughs> it was like Buffy. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And me being a fan of Iron Fist, I'm expecting the greatest martial artist of the Marvel Universe to be the fights to be a little bit more, you know, fighty, fighty. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you would think. I mean, Iron Fist is the one of the masters of martial arts. I mean, after Shang Chi himself, but mm-hmm. you know, this being the same network, and I use that say that in air quotes, that gave us you know some of the most awesome fight scenes with Daredevil. <clears throat> I mean, you have to top that. Yeah. And that's what all I've been hearing from people. The fight scenes are terrible in this show. That sucks. Daredevil was supposed to be a boxer, too. And even his, he has better fight scenes than, than Iron Fist. Well, I've heard part of the reason is that, you know, with Daredevil having a mask, you can easily disguise it being Charlie Cox's stuntman, whereas sure. with Finn Jones, his face is out in the open, so... He's having to do his own stuff. Yeah, he but he really looks like him. every other like pretty boy white dude. So it's not like you couldn't find people who look like him. He's got like a beard. Just put a beard on somebody. Yeah, but, put a beard. Yeah. You yeah. could do it. I could. I could totally but, do it. But you take somebody like Keanu Reeves, man, and the work he did in the Matrix movies, as well as John Wick. I mean, that was impressive. You know, that's that was impressive. Him training for three months, eight hours a day, and Finn Jones only getting twenty minutes an episode. So you know. I'll, I'll sum it up really fast. He keeps tracking down the hand. Madame Gal's behind it. He thinks Madame Gal is behind the plane crash. Uh, actually, turns out uh, Madame Gal is, of course, with the hand. And uh, she gets captured by this rogue group of the hand. There's actually two different sectors of the so hand. So, like the thumb? There's actually, yeah, left hand, right hand, I guess. <laughs> um, and it turns out that uh, this scholarship that Colleen Wing has been uh, alluding to the entire season is actually the hand. She's a part of the hand. What? Yes. Twist? Yes. Oh, shit. So uh, they go to a hand summer camp. You call it hand camp. Um, <laughs> the handoff? Yeah. Yeah. 
And she says, please, you know, hear me out. It, and they go to this uh, hand camp because... Uh, Handicap? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. That's pretty great actually. Uh her uh sensei um is says he'll he basically agrees to help um uh the Iron Fist Danny Rand to to truly channel his powers, teach him how to do other things like healing cuz in the Iron Fist comics, he has all these other abilities where he can heal himself if he channels his chi and all that stuff. But he hasn't done any of that. So, and I assume it's you know it's an origin story. He hasn't got everything unlocked. It's just like him. He's just got the tattoo. That's it at this point. He needs to unlock more achievements. Yeah, he's got. He's got. He's yeah, got more achievements. Um, he needs the fa- what happened to my father achievement. He's the unlock that. Yeah, and then, like his chi gets straight. That's really it. That's and uh, so. He has, uh, he spent some time, uh, one episode or two, one and a half episodes at this camp and, uh, realizes that the hand is actually truly evil. They've been, he, they really want to use him and his powers as, as the Iron Fist, um, to basically be a, a strong arm for the hand. Um, he tries to escape. Strong, there's a lot of there's, strong arm for the hand. <laughs> Iron <laughs> Fist, strong arm, yeah, the hand. <laughs> Uh, and so he tries to escape, and he does so with the help of his friend, his Kunlun friend Davos, who shows up uh, out of nowhere, which is great because if you've read the comics, Davos is actually a really cool character. He's very interesting. He's kind of a hero, anti-hero kind of. Um, but uh, they they escape and uh, go back to uh, New York City. And uh, it, realize uh, the next episode, Harold c- walks out of the swamp. Like a swamp thing. <laughs> Harold Meacham is still alive after being after being stabbed. Boy, you think cancer can kill me? Yeah. Um, so uh, swamp got shit on me. <laughs> uh, and he uh, goes back to New York City, takes over uh, Rand Corporation by killing one of the board members and uh, forcing War- Ward and Joy back into being a uh, 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 the the co owners, I guess, of Rand Enterprises. Um, and then, uh, Danny finds out through an imprisoned gal that, uh, it wasn't her that sabotaged the plane, but actually Harold Meacham, the original. Yeah. Really? That was a question? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, did like, he do it like, to have control of the million billion this, dollar? Y- yeah. I'm only and two episodes and, in and I already you know already that. Know that. Yes. I mean, not because you just told me, it's, but because I didn't even, so I even watch this, and I knew that it was him. Because it's always the other dude. It yes. is. Come on. That, that, and that is supposed to be the big reveal. That is supposed to be what Danny Rand realizes and focuses his chi, and he goes back and says, you portrayed me. Because uh, this entire time, he's thought of the Meachams as an extended family. That's the only family he has left. Turns out his actual, you know, alternate father is the one who actually killed his real father. And then they had this big showdown on top of Rand Enterprises and there's this one five second badass scene where you see an actual Iron Fist that I wanted to see this entire time. He punches the ground and it makes a shockwave of chi and it pretty much blows up an entire floor. That is what I was waiting for the entire season. Yes. And that's really it. He goes up. He he follows Harold on top of the roof. Um, he gets his ass whooped a little questionably because all of a sudden Harold meets him 
in his penthouse has been punching a punching bag, and that's how he learned how to use martial arts. So there's actual kung fu fight. Well, he did beat he did beat cancer and lived with the alligators. For that's like, true. You know, half yeah. the season. So uh, there's a there's a little kung fu fight. He gets his ass whooped, and then Harold Meacham gets a uh, hold of a gun, points it at Danny Rand, and then uh, Ward, his son, saves him and shoots his dad off of Rand Tower, and that's how it ends. Okay, well, it doesn't sound horrible. How does um? What other car- crossover characters do we see? Uh, you see the night nurse, which I'm hopefully is the night nurse. Oh, um, yeah, it's totally the night Claire nurse. Temple. Yeah, it has. Yeah, to- I, feel, I feel like this. That's. I feel like by the time we watch Defenders, they Danny will fund her, and she will be fully established as night nurse. Mm-hmm. Because but who's she going to have a relationship with? Because in uh, Luke Cage, it's Luke Cage. But in the um, comic books, it was Danny Rand. No, right? no, she was that was with, uh, night. Um, Danny's with uh, Misty Knight. Misty Knight. That's, that's right. That's, yeah. his girl. that's not happening. <clears throat> I don't know. It could. It could. Uh, I, I failed to mention this because it was. It's. It's not terribly relevant to the plot. But in one of the episodes, Claire Temple actually has a letter written from Luke Cage from the penitentiary. He's in, and she's reading it. No, oh, that's cool. So there, there are some crossovers um, to that, and there's some references, uh, uh, like Danny Rand scales one of the towers and follows. That's how he finds out that Harold's alive in in the penthouse. He follows Ward, and Ward mentions like, "Oh, you scaled the tower like that Red Devil." Mm. Yeah, there's that. I hope that I can just find a supercut on YouTube. Somewhere. Oh, there definitely is. I'm sure there is. Right. Yeah, that's what I want to watch. I want to watch a supercut. I want like. 45 minutes, mm-hmm. 30 minutes, and then I'll go watch Defenders, which hopefully will be awesome. Yeah. That was that was very, that was me not referencing any notes or anything. So if there's anybody out there that recently watched it, don't scream at me. I, I know I left out a lot of that, but it, that's okay. Thank yeah. you for spoiling that for me. For sure. Do you think you're going to still watch it? Yeah, I'm still watching it. I, you know, I have to see how it all unfolds. I, you know, watching it so far, I'm kind of more fascinated by the character of Colleen Wing because. I was kind of hoping all this would lead up to the whole Daughters of the Dragon with her and Misty. There is a reference to oh, Daughters of the Dragon. Really? Yes. So, do you want me to keep swallowing this for you? Let me let me nah, know. I give it a rest. Okay. All right. <laughs> I guess I guess I got to find that on my own. Yeah, find it's it's yeah. Go ahead. But but yeah, I mean like I I everything I hear from everybody about this show is just like you know, the sad thing I I guess I, what I'm finding out is how each show kind of stays within its own genre. Like, you know, uh, Daredevil is Daredevil. Um, and a lot of the stories draw from the works of Ed Brubaker and Brian Michael Bendis, particularly Bendis. Um, you know, Jessica Jones, once again, Bendis, but it manages to stay a crime nor detective story. Luke Cage is a modernization of the whole, you know, black exploitation genre. So you figure with Iron Fist, they try to play up its kung fu aspect, and I'm hearing that's not really the case. Like, they go more soap opera. It's definitely a, a business drama. It's like Ally McBeal. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I really wanted this to be a kung fu. Yeah, why would you not make it a kung draw fu? on Immortal Iron Fist? It, it had... That's the best that character's ever been even written. Even the trailer had some old school hip hop and him and, and like kung fu stuff. Like that's what I wanted to see. I wanted them to actually have a lighthearted, funny Iron Fist. Like he's a kung fu master. You can't make that serious. 
And he's he keeps referencing that he's got like control of his emotions throughout the entire season. Like that was the first thing they taught him in Kunlun is to control his emotions. And he keeps losing his anger. Like we've already got an anger guy. That's Daredevil. He's he's angry. He wants to you know fight for a city and all that stuff. But that is Iron Fist, and that's the whole thing he's doing this entire time. He's losing his temper. Well, I guess the thing is, Iron Fist, as a character, really has no handicap, per se. I mean, you know, if you pick up Iron Fist right now, well, not the current book, but, I mean, he's a pretty mellow-centered guy. He's a martial arts master. I mean, he doesn't have any kind of crippling, dramatic issues. I mean, he's not an alcoholic. He's not suffering from self-doubt like Jessica Jones. He's not dealing with, you know past trauma or anger issues like Daredevil. He's not a reluctant hero like Luke Cage. So I guess this was the well, only thing. He's got daddy could... issues because his daddy died. Yeah. 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 And it just sounds really tired and played out. I'll, I'll leave it at this. I don't need a second season of Iron Fist, although I'm well, you're sure. You're not going to get one anytime soon. Yeah. I, I don't, even if they do decide to make that, you know what I need? I would love a Heroes for Hire. If they took Luke Cage and, and Iron Fist and put them together, I think that would be great because I thought those were the two weakest of the of the Netflix series. But I think I would really enjoy because I I love their uh th- their relationship in the comics. Luke Cage and Iron Fist together, I think, are great. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting to see if they can make those two mesh because I mean, you know, that's a very tight friendship that's built over the decades. Yeah, so much to the fact that you know Luke names his daughter mm-hmm. after Danny. Yeah, and such. So we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eh, well, I guess I'll watch just it. watch it. Just it, yeah. you know, it's kind of like one of those things. It's like it's like Wonder Woman. I don't I don't like the the DC movies, but I'm still gonna go see him. I'll probably find time to watch it. You guys want to play a game? He said ominously. Yeah. You guys want to play a game? This game's called Radioactive? Question mark. It's a pretty easy game to play. I am going to give you the Spider-Man situation. Okay. I'm going to give you a certain thing that is radioactive and bit a person. And you have to tell me what that person's power was, what their name would be, and where do you think they would live? Okay? So, Peter Parker, bit by a spider... Becomes a Spider-Man. Right. Can crawl around. Spider senses. Lives in New York. But what if he was bitten by a manatee? <laughs> Radioactive manatee bites man. Do manatees have teeth? What if he was stung by a manatee? Manatee? No, wait, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about mantis. Oh, You're God, thinking, I'm sorry. I'm no, so mantis stupid. are the lazy things. Like, <laughs> Manatees, sea cows. Sea cows. Yes. They're, they're lazy, but somehow one was radioactive, bit you, okay. and now you have the powers of a manatee. What are those powers? What's your superhero name? Can't be Manatee Man. Uh... I don't know. I, I like, like humanity. <laughs> That's a good one. That's it. The name is humanity. His ability is he can stay on the couch for a very long period of time, has an enlarged nose, does not need to breathe 
From Jacksonville, Florida. Yes. From Jacksonville, Florida. He has to live in Florida. Yeah. And he lives in a sea boat, like a houseboat. <laughs> did you did we say what his powers were? Just, yeah, yeah. He, he just sits on the, on the couch. couch. He gets yeah. sit on the couch for extended periods of time. Does not need to breathe. He can binge watch in <laughs> large notes. Yeah, he can binge watch shows long, longer than the average man. So he can, can watch the entirety of Iron Fist in one sitting. This is. <laughs> Oh, that's a awesome so power. A, so he's a he's an internet blogger then. Yeah. Yes, essentially. <laughs> Eats a piece of radioactive pizza. What are your powers? Acne. <laughs> Destructive acne. Yeah, like it's acidic. Like whenever you pop a sit, it's, it's just like acidic. <laughs> oh, it destroys you. You actually have the ability to digest any amount of. Pizza from New York. Doesn't matter where you get the slice, you can digest it. Can your weakness be Chicago style? Deep dish. Deep dish. That's your kryptonite. You get a slice <sighs> of deep dish. But if it was like New York, I feel like the power would be he can create the perfect New York pizza. He and his power. He can also like sling like pizza dough at people. Okay, so you know how like they say the best pizzas from New York because of the water. Yeah, yeah. His power is that he can just lick the dough, <laughs> so he can <laughs> sell that pizza anywhere. Really, that's York. what they say about New York pizza. Yeah, they do. The water. Yeah. yeah, same thing with the bagels. Mm-hmm. That's really? what they say. Mm-hmm. They say you can't get a bagel anywhere in the world like New York. There's actually a pizzeria in Florida that gets the water shipped down from New York. You gotta be kidding, man! No, no man, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And that's what this guy is it can because do. of all the lead in the pipes. Maybe <laughs> something. The sewer is backed up. I think this character's name should be The Slice. Yep. That would be a good one. Yeah. Bitten by a radioactive slug. I don't think slugs can bite, but... It sounds very slimy. I think you you can like slide under the, any door. You know? Like, you can just kind of fit in any crevice, go under anywhere. It'd be the guy... The character who could flatten himself. And, yep. The first like, thing that comes to mind is the guy from the first X-Men movie who who Toad. turned into a jellyfish. Oh, oh, Senator Kelly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. God there has to be some bad. power with secretions. Just oh, very viscous just secretions. Like he, he can like leave a trail and like trip bad guys and stuff. <laughs> but he has to do it well ahead of time because he's so slow. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you guys. And because of that, he's Slug Man. S L U U U U U U G. That's a good one. Yeah. Slug Man. What if Peter Parker was bitten by a radioactive homeless person? Well, I mean, I think. Isn't that rabies? Yeah, he just got rabies. <laughs> well, I think that, first of all, he would have the ability to be invisible with everyone being able to see him. <laughs> like, you know, he would like come up and talk to you and like you, you knew he's there, but for some reason you just did not want to talk to him. You did everything you can not to talk to him. Like you just kind of walk around, like pretend he's not there. <laughs> refuse to make eye contact. Refuse with to him. make eye contact. Like that would be one of his, the other ability is that, um, he's always the worst smelling person in the room, no matter what. Even if he takes a shower. <laughs> Even if he takes a shower. Constantly like reeks of urine. Constantly. And and uh, Mad Dog 2020. Yep. <laughs> also, ability to drink Mad Dog 2020 is also... In copious amounts? Yeah, any amounts, really. Can't it's... get drunk for it whatsoever. <laughs> nope. What, what if Peter Parker had been bitten by a turtle who had been doused with a secret ooze? He would be half Ninja Turtle. <laughs> 
He would look exactly like, hey, do you remember Aliens 4 when Ripley turns it, like, the Ripley has sex with an alien and there's some kind of, like, half Ripley, half alien looking thing? Yeah. You know, Is this the one I, after the prison one? It's the one with Winona Ryder. Oh, yeah. It's the one okay. I hate, even though I love Winona Ryder. That's what Peter Parker would look like in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> like, some, like, ha- like, some pink turtle, fleshy, like... I would like to imagine that if he got bit by a radioactive Ninja Turtle, uh, he would have the uh, ability to paint as well as any of the Renaissance painters. (laughs) Yep. Okay. All right. Amazing painter, (laughs) sculptor, inventor, just all around um, genius, but also looks like a pink turtle. So it was hunted down by everyone. He would just have an uncanny, like, like he always want pizza. All yeah. the time. That's but, all he could eat. But none of the other cool like ninja <laughs> See, I'm imagining a crossover with all these different alternative Peter Parkers have been bitten by different things. <laughs> yep. There's a, okay, here we go. Last one. The internet. Radioactive internet. <laughs> bites Peter Parker. What does he turn into? Oh, he just... Okay. <laughs> Donald Trump. 4chan. 4chan. <laughs> Living embodiment of yeah. 4chan. Internet troll bites Peter Parker. <laughs> Peter Parker turns into Harry Knowles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to diss Harry Knowles. That's fine, you can diss him. I've got no problem with that. <laughs> what a horrible name to be blessed with, y'all. What? Harry, Harry Knowles. Harry Knowles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What's the first thing you think of? A Harry Hill. Right? Like a knoll. Like, yeah. I think of a butthole. A real hairy butthole. <laughs> hairy knoll. Right in the hairy knoll. That's what I think of. Oh. That's all I got, guys. Yeah. It was nice having you on the podcast today, John. Thanks. Thanks for coming out. It was Sequoia, great. as usual. Thanks for blessing us with all the knowledge. Next week, we may or may not review The Vision. I think the end of every podcast for the past, like, three weeks, we said we're going to review The Vision. I Hopefully, we can get Dave, Amos, and Sequoia in one room. We can talk about The Vision. Because it was really good. If not, it could just be a Star Wars special or shit. We could just talk about stuff like this again, but I don't know. So, if you want to find me at Canadian Blaken, hashtag the comic trope, we'll find you. If you have any questions, shoot it that way. And uh, you can find John getting bit by a radioactive turtle and turning into an impressionist painter. And you can find Sequoia on the interwebs, on the Instagrams, and in the comic shops. Until next time. Read a fucking comic.